What is going on guys, it is your boy Perry back with another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. As always guys, follow me on Twitter with the new handle now, Anthony R.M. Perry. Once again, that's Anthony, the letters R.M. and Perry, and put it all together. Also follow the podcast at RGS Pod. And tonight guys, we're going to get into this huge matchup going up against the 49ers and Bills. Obviously this game has a lot of implications for the Niners in terms of playoff seeding, if they want to make it, versus if they just want to let loose and go for the quarterback obviously a lot of people say that this game is kind of like the one and only game the Niners can somewhat afford to lose in terms of just everything going on with the seeding win loss things of that nature but at least in my opinion in terms of being hopeful for the playoffs I don't think the Niners can afford to lose this game you guys they are one game back of Arizona who is at six and five the Bears and Vikings also share the same record at the 49ers at five and six so overall this you know, this matchup in this contest for that A seed in the playoffs, especially with the whole new uh, playoff format because of COVID, it's going to be vital for the Niners to win out and really just, you know, ball out in every single game and get the chance to even make the playoffs once again. And obviously, it's been really hard for the team to go about it this year. No Jimmy Garoppolo, no no George Kittle, lots of injuries on both sides of the ball, and yet here the Niners are at 5-6, and six, just one game back of the playoffs, basically, and I could tell you right now that with all the chatter we've heard about quarterbacks and things of that nature from you know the beginning since Jimmy got hurt up until he came back and didn't look that good, it's been a lot of hot topic in debating, and I'm just here to say I love seeing all of it. It's like... I love watching Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo is great, but at least I think the Niners can improve at the quarterback position. But if they don't draft a quarterback or if they don't trade for one after this season, whatever it may be, it sounds like Garoppolo is going to be the guy moving forward. And we can go into a whole separate podcast and talk hours and hours about that, but I don't want to waste your guys' time you know, complaining about Garoppolo in the quarterback position. The bottom line here, you guys, is that the Buffalo Bills are going to be a very tough matchup for the 49ers. Vegas right now, surprisingly enough, has the Niners as under one point favorites to beat the Bills. They are minus one favorites. I don't know if they're factoring home field advantage because technically the 49ers are in Arizona and it's neutral field. The Niners, again, don't technically have a true home field advantage and it's not like they've been really good at home this season anyways, but who knows? Lots of crazier things has happened this season. This is obviously one of them, but the matter here is that the Niners are going to have a very tough time going up against this Bills team and even if Vegas is putting the money on the Niners and you can take that as you will. It tells me that a lot of people are putting money on the Niners as of now. So I don't know what Vegas has as those odds. I don't know what Vegas is hearing. But at the end of the day, we all know Vegas knows more than we do. And that's just how they make millions and millions of dollars each and every single day. But in any event, guys, let's get into this Bills matchup. I'm going to start with the 49ers defense versus the Buffalo Bills' offense. And everyone knows this Bills' offense is headlined by star quarterback Josh Allen. Josh Allen has been nothing short of spectacular this season. He's 22-8 and touchdown interception ratio. He's thrown for over 3,000 yards. He's completing the ball at a 68% clip, which is a career high for his standards. And obviously, we know Josh Allen has one of the best arms in all of football. Maybe not in terms of accuracy, although that number is up, but just in terms of arm strength and arm talent. And you'll see this guy can launch the ball in a standing position without stepping into it for like 50 yards downfield and it's just something we only seen from like Mahomes maybe Aaron Rodgers in his prime uh, Matt Stafford just off the top of my head so needless to say Josh Allen's arm talent is nothing short of spectacular Allen is just a really solid quarterback through and through on top of his quarterback ability he can run the ball well also he's got 81 carries this year six touchdowns 311 yards so Josh Allen isn't like your typical dual threat quarterback in terms of like this guy is like really fast and really shifty but he kind of runs like Cam Newton and to an extent Ben Roethlisberger when he's moving forward he is just hard to tackle and bring down and Allen is quick I will say he's pretty good on his feet but he's not a burner by no means but he's still a very solid and dynamic runner Bills' offensive play caller Brian Daybaugh will dial up a lot of power run schemes for Josh Allen, a lot of quarterback design runs. I haven't really seen that many options from Josh Allen unless he's just pitching the ball forward trying to get a quick pass off before he gets sacked. But overall here, Josh Allen is just a very good quarterback who can, you know, 
caused problems with his feet, caused problems with his arm, and really just put a lot of pressure on the secondary. And I think that's what we're going to see against this team in the Niners is that Josh Allen's arm is going to put a lot of pressure on the guys of Richard Sherman, Emmanuel Mosley, assuming he plays. I know he's been limited the past week. Uh, Jason Verrett and see how he's going to do. He played very well against the Rams as well as Sherman. So we'll see how the secondary holds up. The secondary does have a pretty tough task of taking on a very solid wide receiver and arguably a top five wide receiver in the league in Stephon Diggs. And just like Allen, Diggs has been nothing short of spectacular this season, you guys. 80 catches on 110 targets. So Josh Allen is definitely feeding Diggs, but 110 targets, 80 catches, uh, 945 yards, four touchdowns. Diggs isn't exactly a touchdown machine. He will get targeted in the red zone every now and then, but more often than not, Diggs has kind of been that big play chain mover guy to really just let Josh Allen rip the ball loose and shoot it downfield for 30, 40, 50 yard gains. And that's exactly what Diggs will do. So expect the likes of Jimmy Ward if he's not playing down in the box or Tavarius Moore downfield to really just provide that safety help over the top because whoever it is, whether it's Verrett, or Sherman, I don't think Diggs is going to necessarily burn them. Diggs isn't super fast. Like he's not like a Andy Isabella or he doesn't really play up to that speed. But what Diggs dominates at is just winning contested catches, being a solid route runner, and just being a fantastic and crafty wide receiver who just knows how to find soft spots and zones and really just get open and beat his man. So we obviously know that the 49ers and Robert Sala dial up a lot of cover three scheme ideas where you will see a lot of those deep thirds being played. I would expect Rich, uh, Richard Sherman, I would expect Stephon Diggs to really look for any of those soft spots in the zones. Obviously, that's been hard to come by for defenses this year as the 49ers is, or excuse me, as for offenses, as the 49ers defense has been really, really solid this year. And that's even with, you know, virtually no pass rush. The Niners has a team this year, 315 yards per game total on defense allowed. They've allowed 206 passing yards per game, which is one of the best clips in the league. They've also allowed 108 rushing yards per game, which is also one of the best clips in the league. So needless to say, you guys, the 49ers defense is still playing at a top 10 level, and that's without a pass rush. And much ado can be given credit to Robert Sala, Chris Krasirik, and all those coaches, you guys. They've been coaching up one hell of a team this season. And for the most part, it feels like that the defense has honestly been bailing out the 49ers offense. But in any event, though, you guys, we will definitely get to that later in this episode. But right now, we're still talking about the 49ers defense. It's going to be it's going to be one of those games where I think the Niners are going to just have to force Josh Allen to turn the ball over. And look, Josh Allen is prone to turning the ball over. He's got nine interceptions on the year. I'm sorry, eight interceptions on the year. He's also fumbled and lost the ball five times. But the thing is, is that although those turnover numbers aren't that big, I don't have the exact number on me. But Josh Allen this season is still known to make a lot of turnover worthy throws. And that's kind of like what the Bills' offense, I feel like, has been centered around this year is a lot of big plays. And Brian Dayball, once again, is an excellent, excellent offensive play coordinator. But it feels like to me, just as I'm kind of watching the Bills and Chargers right now in the background, it seems like the Bills have really relied on Josh Allen to make some big-time throws downfield. And otherwise, it's it's kind of tough sledding. We know that Josh Allen is improving. We know that he's really developing into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But he's still kind of working his way around, still trying to find that accuracy at all levels of the field. I'm looking at it right now. Josh Allen just hit a really nice swing pass to Devin Singletary. Earlier in this game, he also hit a screen pass to Devin Singletary. So swing and screen. The bottom line here is that Allen is kind of finding his way, but we still will see those inconsistencies from him at times. So the big story of this, you guys, is that the 49ers defensive line is just going to have to get after him somehow. And look, the Bills don't feature a very good offensive line by any means. I have the numbers right here. They're pretty average by all metrics. According to PFF, the Bills' offensive line is ranked 12th when pass blocking. So pretty good, just below or just above league average, I say, according to PFF. 12th in pass block and 14th in run blocking. So the Bills' offensive line, once again, they're not spectacular. They're good, but not great. They're going to be missing one of their better offensive linemen in Cody Ford, who got put on the IR this past week. 
So look for someone or look for anyone on that defensive line from the 49ers to step up. Kerry Hyder is having himself a career year at seven and a half sacks. He just blew up the Rams for two, if I'm not mistaken. Javon Kinlaw got that huge pick six against Jared Goff. He's also been pressuring that offensive, you know, he's been pressuring quarterbacks like crazy the past couple weeks. And even Kevin Givens, interior defensive lineman, who has been a huge addition to an already injured defensive line. And Givens, just kind of like last year in his limited time. And I remember from last year where, Brian Baldinger really kind of broke down a couple of his plays and just highlighted all the good things that Kevin Givens has to offer. I mean, this dude splits double teams like crazy. This guy is really strong in one-on-one situations. And he's just, to me, I think people know by this point that I'm a ginormous Jeff Wilson Jr. fan. I'm finally glad he's back. But when I look at Kevin Givens, Givens kind of reminds me of Jeff Wilson in the sense that he just gets no love. And, and Kevin Givens is just doing all the dirty work down there. And much like Wilson and Givens, he also reminds me of DJ Jones, where DJ Jones will make some fantastic plays. But outside of that, Jones just still seems to get no love when he's healthy and on the field. And I think that's the problem is that he's not getting that much love because he's constantly injured and dealing with some nagging things here and there. But in any event, I don't want to talk down on any players. This 49ers defensive line, even with the injuries, are still miraculously getting the job done. And you have to give a lot of credit to defensive line coach Chris Kosirik. Much has been speculated that Robert Sala is going to leave after this season and look for a head coaching job. So I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Kosirik becomes the next defensive coordinator or even elevates at that position in some way. But to look at the entire thing here, you guys, the Bills' offense is going to be its going to be a tough task, I think. But it's a matter of, can the Niners limit those big plays that the Bills like to feature? If they can shut down the middle of the field, shut down the back half of the secondary, and really prevent those 30- and 40-yard bombs Allen loves to throw off to, I think it'll be a tough day for Josh Allen in that entire offense because really, kind of looking at the numbers, like Josh Allen will spread the ball all over the place. Richard Sherman actually said that in his uh, press conference interview with the Niners today is that Josh Allen has been hitting receivers left and right all season. And I think on this telecast, they said that Josh Allen had already passed touchdowns to like seven or eight different players, which is one of the highest numbers in the league. So needless to say, Allen is spreading the ball all over the place, but that doesn't mean that the entire offense is necessarily effective. I think it just means that they know how to utilize their guys and really just kind of expand everyone's role. Because if you look outside the numbers, outside of Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley has been pretty solid by his metrics. 57 catches, 71 targets, 667 yards, and three touchdowns. Obviously, Beasley has been the de facto number two now that John Brown uh, who was really kind of like that next go-to big play threat opposite of Stephon Diggs. It was placed on IR. He's still hurt. So outside of John Brown, Gabriel Davis, a very young wide receiver who is pretty speedy, a little crafty, but nothing too, you know, nothing too amazing or eye-popping. 22 catches, 354 yards, four touchdowns. And that's really kind of it for the Bills' as wide receivers, you guys. It's really just been Diggs, Beasley, Brown at the time, and Gabriel Davis. And if you look at if you look outside the wide receivers, the other pass catchers include Devin Singletary, running back, uh, Zach Moss, who only has 11 catches on the season, and the tight end position that really I feel like the Bills mostly utilize their tight ends in the red zone. And we'll get into that a little bit after this, but the Bills don't necessarily use their tight ends all the time, like in between the 20s. Dawson Knox, good, not great. Lee Smith, mostly a blocking tight end at this point. And Tyler Croft, who's who's a pretty big red zone threat. And again, I said we'll talk about it later. But all in all, really the Bills' offense is kind of centered around Allen and Diggs making plays to one another, as is Diggs' 110 targets is needlessly represented by. So the Niners' defense, I wouldn't say that they need to key in on Stephon Diggs. Obviously, I think we'll see a lot of double teams on Diggs. I think we'll see a lot of bracket coverage where they just try to contain Diggs and keep him from pushing the ball or keeping keeping him from, from running big routes downfield and letting Allen air that thing out. And Diggs isn't really a burner. Gabriel Davis, I would say, plays the fastest in terms of just his overall game speed. But again, he's he shouldn't be too intimidating for a very solid 49ers secondary. 
And look, the Niners secondary, I think between the defensive line and secondary, obviously they're two major groups of a defense. It's kind of hard to figure which one will really be the deciding outcome in terms of the defensive success. But I think I'm going to give it to the secondary. And the reason why I say that is because Sherman, when his first game back against the Rams, played so well. And Jason Verrett has been playing very good in Sherman's absence. And now you have these two guys out on the field. And if both of them can stay healthy, I think they can give the uh, Bills' wide receivers some problems. It's just a matter of if the defensive line doesn't get pressure, can they hold up in coverage? Can they hold up against those wide receivers and prevent big plays from happening? That's kind of been the story this season with the 49ers, you guys, is that if the defensive line isn't hitting home and the coverage isn't there, the big plays are just going to happen left and right. And we saw that against the Saints, even though that really didn't happen much until the second half. Uh, we saw it against the Dolphins, and we saw it in a bunch of number of games this season, Seattle, Arizona. So it's going to be a big pass rush day, but I think it will still be an even bigger day for the secondary. And I do think in this game that the Niners pass rush will hit home. Hyder, Kinlaw, Armstead, Givens, someone has to step up against this average Bills offensive line, in my opinion. And I think they're going to hit home. I think Josh Allen will get sacked. And I have his numbers right here, too. Josh Allen's been sacked 21 times on the season. But the bigger number here is that versus pressure, Josh Allen is has a 66.9 quarterback rating or no, not QBR. He has one of the 66.9 type numbers where against pressure, it's not that good, point blank. He's got nine touchdowns, five interceptions against pressure. He's also fumbled the ball three times when pressured. So Josh Allen is still, he's still getting the job done when he's pressured, but we see that regression he takes. And yeah, this applies to all quarterbacks, you guys, but we see that regression Josh Allen takes when he's pressured and really everything starts to collapse around him. If Allen isn't breaking the pocket and making a play with his feet, odds are he's going to try and chuck the ball, you know, 10, 15 yards downfield as he's going down to, pre to prevent taking a sack. And that's kind of like what Josh Allen is, is that he refuses to go down. He refuses to take a sack. And really, it's just a matter of can this defensive line get after him, get him down. And if they can pressure him, we just need the coverage to hold up for four or five, six seconds and just hope that Josh Allen forces some errant throws, makes some very inaccurate throws that, again, he is very well known to do this season and just in general and just get turnovers and just force turnovers. And if the Niners can do that, if we can get some interceptions, and I don't mean the easy ones that we saw Richard Sherman and Javon Kinlaw honestly get, even though Kinlaw's was nice or Jimmy Ward's fumbles, it's just a matter of can our corners or linebackers really just go after the ball and make some plays. We saw Jimmy Ward do that with the fumbles. We saw uh, Richard Sherman catch a route that he basically ran for, I think it was Robert Woods when Jared Goff threw the ball and just intercepted it like he was catching the pass as a wide receiver. So I don't think Josh Allen is at that level in terms of turning the ball over. Jared Goff is. We know Jared Goff is exactly who he plays as. Is He plays as a guy who heavily relies on Sean McVay scheming and that sounds like a certain quarterback on our team a couple of them actually but the matter is that Josh Allen's arm strength I think is what saves him he will rifle that ball into really tight windows and it's a matter of if the secondary and if one of those corners or linebackers is reading the quarterback and he can read that ball out of Allen's hands and just hope that the ball doesn't burn through their hands they can get some easy interceptions off him and again watching the Chargers and Bills play right now Allen has had a few throws where the Chargers could have easily intercepted it and because of the arm strength they dropped it or the wide receiver saved it at the last second because it was a it was a contested catch but it was pretty easy for the DB to make a play on the ball at first so it's a big question you guys but all in all looking at this entire offensive matchup for the Bills the Bills are going to have to push the ball downfield. I don't think they're going to run the ball that well. Devin Singletary has not been good. 110 carries, 483 yards, one touchdown. Zach Moss has been the more dynamic back, but he's still nothing too short of amazing. 68 carries, 283 yards, three touchdowns. So really, it's been Josh Allen who's done the most damage on the ground at the most efficient clip. But again, I don't see the Niners as run defense really letting up they are still one of the best units in the league Salah has these guys playing their asses off 
And it's going to be Josh Allen's arm versus that defensive pressure and the secondary. And if they can do that, if the 49ers can just not even dial up blitzes, but just force Allen to make some errant throws or force him to really just panic in the pocket, we could see a few interceptions from Josh Allen. And I don't want to predict anything as of yet, but I will say that I think we will see a couple turnovers forced once again. As I said just a second ago, Jared Goff is a very turnover-worthy quarterback where he has shown those turnovers and his numbers are statistically worse than Josh Allen. But if Josh Allen hasn't honestly gotten lucky on some of those errant throws that he's made that haven't been picked off, I think we would be saying the same thing about Josh Allen once again, but that's not the case this season. But still, we got to see playmakers step up on the Niners' defense somehow, whether it's forcing a fumble from Kevin Gibbons or Kerry Hyder, uh, Javon Kinlaw miraculously intercepting the ball, or seeing Jimmy Ward force fumble, seeing Fred Warner force a fumble, whoever it may be. And again, this is kind of a kind of an easy thing to go off of, but I think the point stands. The Niners, if they want to really have a shot at beating the Bills, at least on offense, they're going to have to force turnovers. They did it against the Rams, and the only reason the Rams game wasn't a blowout was because Nick Mullins did not play that well, and we'll talk about that later. But again, if they can force force Josh Allen to turn the ball over, just force some turnovers in general, get good field position, set up the offense to score touchdowns, or even just get three points on the board, whatever it may be, this could be a very good matchup for the Niners on defense. And that's the thing is that you look at what Josh Allen is, and it is intimidating in the sense that the 49ers have really struggled with multiple quarterbacks. That's been the case all season. The Niners haven't had to deal with it the past couple weeks in terms of uh, Jared Goff, obviously, then they had the bye right before that and then the Saints where where Contavia Street really broke 11 of Drew Brees' ribs and that was kind of before they put Taysom Hill in they had Jameis at the time but still the Niners haven't had to face a true mobile quarterback for quite a few you know games now and now they're going to have to deal with that with Josh Allen so we're going to have to see if Salah and Kosir can kind of dust off the shoulders of these guys and get them to contain get them to not blow assignments and really just key in on Allen and ensure that whoever is spying him just keeps up with him keeps him from escaping the pocket turning the corner and you know running the ball for 10 15 yards downfield it's it's you know it's a lot of information here you guys but i will say that it is more or less the josh allen's show featuring stefan diggs and a pretty good supporting cast all around him it definitely feels like offensive play caller brian dayball has done a lot of work for josh allen and this entire team but that's not to knock anyone else you guys allen has been nothing short of amazing this year so I'm going to close this defensive portion out with my three keys to victory, you guys. I think my keys to victory for this 49ers defense is going to be right here. Number one, force turnovers like I've been screaming about the whole time. If the 49ers defense can force turnovers, get good field position, this should be a good game moving forward. Secondly, pressure Josh Allen. Obviously, turnovers comes with pressure, but even if the Niners can't force TOs, you got to pressure Josh Allen. Get him to... Get him to really either break the pocket and try and just, you know, keep him either break the pocket or keep him in the pocket. Something that you got to do to really pressure Josh Allen and just get him moving or get him panicking and, and having trouble reading his wide receivers and reading the field. If you can get that, whether it leads to turnovers or not, it will make Josh Allen's day a lot harder than it should be. And like I said earlier, you guys, the Bills don't feature a, a fantastic offensive line. They're good, but they're not by no means the best in the league and right now I would say on paper and statistically this is a pretty good matchup for the 49ers defensive line they finally get a break the Rams didn't have a good offensive line but they aren't as bad as the Bills either the Saints have one of the best offensive lines in football and the defensive line was still kind of able to get after Drew Brees so if they can really put that relentless effort and energy into the Bills O-line pressure Josh Allen make his day hard it should be a solid day for the defense you guys I really believe that and lastly the secondary is going to have to hold up Stephon Diggs is one of the best in the game. Whether it's Sherman or Verrett on their side, on his side of the field, who's ever matching up against him, you're going to have to shut him down because Josh Allen is going to absolutely force feed Stephon Diggs targets. I wouldn't be surprised if he has 10 to 15 in this game. And even if Diggs goes off for seven to eight catches, say 100 plus yards and a touchdown, if that's the case, it's a matter of limiting everyone else on the field. Can the Niners defense limit Cole Beasley? Can they limit Singletary and Moss when they're catching out of the backfield? Will a tight end on the Bills step up? Can the linebackers on the Niners and Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner contain Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft? Which I think is very doable, but obviously in this game, 
anything is easier said than done, you guys. So those are my three keys to victory. Force turnovers on Allen. Pressure Josh Allen. And have the secondary hold up in coverage. And they, if they can do those things, you guys, I think we'll see a really good day from the defense. All right, you guys. Moving on to the 49ers offense versus the Buffalo Bills' defense. This is going to be one of those games, you guys, where I'm going to be closing my eyes and covering my eyes and pulling my hair out having to watch Nick Mullins go out there and pass the ball. This is going to be one of those games, and I tweeted this earlier, this is going to be one of those games where I think Nick Mullins is going to have to have a near-perfect game to really just keep the Niners in check and keep them to win the game. And and I don't mean Mullins is going to have to have a perfect game in the sense that he needs to throw three or four touchdowns, 300 yards, no interceptions, like not that kind of big game. But I will say that Nick Mullins is going to have to really go out there, kind of game manage this game, and really just prevent those turnovers. And just watching Nick Mullins this season, you guys, we all know Nick Mullins is one of the most turnover-worthy prone quarterbacks in all of football. He will throw some of the most knucklehead, bonehead, dumb quarterback throws you will ever see a quarterback make. I think we've seen Mullins throw some interceptions that are on the levels of what Garoppolo's bad ones look like, a Beathard interception. Expanding my horizon a bit, maybe like a Blake Bortles interception, a Baker Mayfield-type interception. And I don't want to clown on Nick Mullins too much, you guys, because I think Nick Mullins has been doing a fantastic job at just keeping this team afloat and that's the thing is that Nick Mullins is playing exactly how you want a backup to be playing he's not going to light it up by any means but he's not going to necessarily win you a game unlike the Rams game we saw but all in all Mullins isn't going to go out there and light it up but for this game I think we will need to see him pass for 250 yards we need to see him get at least a couple touchdowns in the air if possible no interceptions no fumbles just don't give the Bills any chance to go out there and score off of a turnover we saw what happened in the Rams game we saw what happened when they when the 49ers fumbled twice we saw what happened when Mullins fumbled or intercepted the ball whatever it may be the Rams got a touchdown here it is, you guys. That's that's just the key is that the Niners cannot turn the ball over and Mullins cannot turn the ball over. No one can. And it's hard to play perfect football against a pretty good team. But, you guys, if the Niners can limit those turnovers and earlier from my other breakdown, if the Niners can just be solid on defense and force turnovers, if they can force turnovers and limit their own turnovers, it should be a good day, which is kind of where I'm seeing why Vegas is getting a lot of money in on the Niners. But let's break down some of the stats, you guys. Buffalo Bills' defense is pretty good, but not pretty good in the sense that you think they're like top 10, not like last season. The Bills' defense this season in particular, I'm not really too sure why what's going on with them, but their defense just hasn't been on the same level as last year. The Bills are averaging 373 yards allowed per game, which is 21st in the league. They're allowing 129 yards on the ground, 25th, and they're also allowing 243 passing yards per game in the air. So the Bills' defense has not been that good at all. They've, in fact, actually just been really underwhelming. And even with all the injuries, you guys, the 49ers offense has been in the middle of the league. They're averaging 362 yards per game, 14th in the league. The run game, 112 yards per game, which is 16th. And the pass, 250 per game average, which is 12th in the league. So like I said earlier, Mullins is going to have to have one of those 250 plus passing yard games, two or three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, if they really want to win this game. And... Obviously, I think the Niners really do want to win this game because we see how hard they're playing. We see how much Shanahan and Sala and just the entire staff are just, they're all in on it, you guys. They're all bought into the system. They're all bought in and really believe in one another. And you see the chemistry flowing between all of them. Like, you don't see these guys complain and argue and yell at each other like the old Niners teams in the past. No, these guys are cohesive. They're sticky like glue. And no matter what happens, the 49ers are going out there and they're playing their asses off and they're playing with their hearts in the entire game for four plus quarters so that's that's kind of it you guys the Niners are really gonna have to on offense they're gonna have to just be aggressive attack this weak Bills defense and it's a matter of who's going to step up I've been saying Nick Mullins needs to step up is it going to be him I want him to be but if Mullins is going to have to have that kind of game manager type day and I think he will I don't think Mullins is going to light it up I think he's going to get the job done but he's not going to have to blow it up like some people are predicting i mean this isn't necessarily one of those games where i think mullins is going to have to keep up with josh allen in terms of their efficiency and effectiveness i think this is going to be a big ground and pound type game for the 49ers you guys most and wilson did not look 
that good against their against the Rams, but the Rams feature a phenomenal defensive line in Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald, as well as Morgan Fox. The Bills still have really good D-line talent in Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, and Mario Addison, but those guys are more or less known for rushing the passer more so than attacking the ground game, really attacking running backs in the backfield. And they will get penetration. I'm sure some of them will at some point against our weak offensive line, but I don't expect them to really give Mostert and Jeff Wilson a lot of problems. This is going to be one of those games where if the Niners can open up running lanes and really just play hard-nosed football, not not exotic, but just hard-nosed, run the ball really hard, just down the, th- down the Bills' throats and just clock control, bully them. If you can bully those linebackers, and the Bills don't feature that many good linebackers, Matt Milano is hurt even though his practice window was opened up this week, so it's a matter of will he play or will he not. Uh, AJ Klein has been filling in for Matt Milano, and he's done really well against the pass. He has four and a half sacks, but his run-stopping numbers are not that good. And Tremaine Edmonds, who is one of the most athletic linebackers in all of football, but a lot of Edmonds' problems is that he doesn't really hold up in coverage. He will blow tackles at times. He will kind of blow assignments also. So it it kind of depends on which Tremaine Edmonds are we going to get. And in terms of the ground game, you guys, and really just the offense in general, I think this is going to be this type of game where Kyle Shanahan is going to need to just ball out in terms of offensive scheming. And obviously we know that Kyle Shanahan is the best, if not one of the best offensive play callers in the league. It's just a matter of can the 49ers execute? Can Nick Mullins in the ground game? Can the wide receivers run the proper routes, run the right tree routes? Can they just go out there and really just put pressure on the Bills' defense that is not good? And this will be the first time in what feels like forever, you guys, that we're going to finally see Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk on the field at the same time. And I think the last time they played together was week five or week six six so needless to say it's been a really long time since we've seen those two play together and look theoretically having Ayuk and Debo on the field at the same time should open up the ground game right now though obviously defenses do not respect Nick Mullins's arm we are probably going to see a lot of stacked boxes against the 49ers that the Bills are going to feature whether it's seven eight nine in the box I wouldn't be surprised because the Bills have pretty good uh cornerbacks Tredavious White in terms of PFF numbers, he's playing down compared to last year, but Tredavious White is still one of the best in the game. Taron Johnson, Levi Wallace, a couple of really good cornerbacks as well. So the cornerbacks on the Bills are solid. I think they will give Debo and Ayuk a hard time, but it's a matter of if the Niners can get the game going in the air, if Mullins can really just hit some wide open throws at the least, or if wide receivers can make contested catches between Debo and Ayuk, Put pressure on the secondary of the Bills and hopefully you can take a man or two out of that box and just open up the ground game, open up running lanes for Mostert, for Jeff Wilson, and just get the ball moving on the ground. And I really, I know I'm repeating myself, but I really can't stress it enough, you guys. I think Mullins is going to just have to hit some tough throws. The Bills will more often than not stack that box and everyone knows how good Kyle Shanahan is calling a running game, how good he is calling a ground game. But even with Kyle Shanahan's wizardry, it's still hard for him to work around Mullins's uh, like, like Mullins's inability to move the ball downfield. And it's the same thing with Garoppolo too. Both guys can't really push the ball downfield that well. So, are we going to see a lot of deep passes? Obviously not. We probably will see a couple from Mullins here and there, and maybe even a trick play. Who knows? That's kind of what Shanahan has been known to do the past couple of seasons is run these really exotic trick plays. But who knows, with all the injuries and with all the craziness, we may not necessarily see that. But I will say I would like to see Mullins get that ball downfield, take the pressure off the running backs. I don't want the running game to really have to be centered around running against 7, 8, 9 in the box the entire time. And we've seen what happens where, just like last season, if a quarterback on the Niners has to throw against, you know, not a stacked box, but if he, to, if he has to make contested throws like Garoppolo did last year and the year before with Mullins, they won't necessarily get that job done. So it's a matter of how much of this offense are we going to see open up? I want to see Kyle Shanahan really dive into this playbook. And Grant Cohn said it best, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but I, I love Grant Cohn. But I will tell you right now, Cohn said it best when he said that Kyle Shanahan coaches his best when his back is against the wall. And I really believe in that. And I know some of the losses really don't stand for that point. But I'll tell you, when you beat the Jets and Giants, two really bad teams, and you embarrass them, but then you go out and you beat the Rams twice, you go out and make a very competitive game against the Saints for what was basically three full quarters, four and a half full quarters, 
it gives you a lot of confidence confidence that Shanahan obviously knows what he's doing and knows that he's giving his team the best chance to win. It's just a matter of are those guys executing or not. And when you have the return of Ayuk and when you have Debo who just had a monstrous game against the Rams, 11 catches on 13 targets over 110 yards, when you have that kind of offensive output from a wide receiver, you would hope that it opens up everything else. And really in that Rams game, it was just Debo and <laughs> a bunch of backups. No disrespect to the Niners. But when you bring back Brandon Ayuk, when you have Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back healthy and ready to go, when you have Raheem Mostert coming back healthy and ready to go, the opportunities for this offense, at least even with the quarterback inefficiency, is endless. Are we going to see a lot of Debo catches behind the line of scrimmage where he will have to make a play with his feet? Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of what Debo is. I don't think we'll see that with Ayuk as much, but I will be, say we probably will see a lot of RPOs or those quick slant passes that Garoppolo is very most notable for hitting last season to Debo and even to Kittle and any other wide receiver that's lined up, Emmanuel Sanders as well. We will probably see that with Mullins this time around also. It's just a matter of, can these wide receivers get separation? And if they're not separating, can they break tackles and make big plays after the catch? That's what Debo Samuel does very well, one of the best in the league. That's what Brandon Ayuk has featured in his own game this season, is that he's very good at breaking tackles and getting you know yards after the catch. And historically we all know that Kyle Shanahan's offenses have been centered around yards after the catch he never really has had true dominant wide receivers outside of Julio Jones and to an extent Andre Johnson at one point a long time ago as well and I think that was when he was just an offensive assistant if I'm not mistaken but I don't want to go back into the history you guys the point being is that we know what Shanahan is as a play caller it's just a matter of will we see him open that playbook and if he does can the offense execute so kind of looking at the entire picture here, you guys, the Niners are really going to have to play, you know, mistake-free football. No turnovers, no busted assignments, no busted coverages. Don't blow it. <laughs> and that's kind of something to give you a good laugh about is obviously don't blow this game. But the Niners can't afford to lose. And we love this Niners team, you guys. This team has been riddled with adversity, riddled with injuries all season long. And they are still in the thick of the playoff hunt. The Arizona Cardinals are faltering. They just lost to New England. I don't know how the Vikings are going to hold up. I mean, Kirk Cousins is really hit or miss. And the Bears are starting starting Mitchell Trubisky while Foles is out. So that's all you need to know about the Bears, you guys. But the Niners are right in on the hunt. I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow sneak into the playoffs. But that's going to have to come with them, you know, winning out and just winning a lot of tough games and just getting healthy and just kind of getting hot and Eric Crocker told you best you guys Eric Crocker will say that teams just get hot and they play well you can have a wild card team come in and just dominate and make it to the Super Bowl or make it deep in the playoffs just because they got hot at the right time just like the 49ers is unfortunate lost to the Super Bowl years ago against the Ravens it's no one really expected Joe Flacco to go out there and just be an MVP in the playoffs and here he here he was just lighting it up left and right so do the Niners have that ability to just get hot and just blow everything up for other teams yeah I think so when you have one of the best offensive coaches in the league and one of the best front offices in the league and just coaching staffs as a whole on top of the players just buying into the system and buying into each other, it gives you a lot of hope and confidence that the Niners can go out there and really just execute, make plays, and get the job done. And look, the Bills are a tough team. The Bills are going to be a playoff team. I don't know if they can beat the Steelers. I don't know if they can beat the Chiefs or even the Titans for that matter. It's a toss-up between all those AFC teams. But the bottom line is that the Bills are a top-four team in the AFC arguably a top five team in the entire league it's just a matter of how effective can the 49ers be attacking josh allen um attacking the bills as weak secondary attacking the weak linebackers and really just an underperforming defense everything on paper i've kind of talked about here you guys it, it i said it earlier but it kind of makes sense as to why people are putting money on the niners you look at the advanced statistics it's like the Niners kind of have the edge on this. I mean, they have the edge on defense. They're about even on offense with the Bills, even in terms of DVOA. And it's just leaning leaning slightly towards the 49ers. And right now, just looking at it, I kind of like those odds. But again, when you have a dynamic quarterback in Josh Allen who will just give you problems all afternoon long, or in this case, all evening long because it's Monday Night Football, it could be a very tough day for the 49ers. On top of that, if you stack what Nick Mullins is going to put the team through, I think we will see Nick Mullins' boneheaded throw or two, but if he can prevent those, if 
if the Niners can really just put together a complete game, this will be a victory. I really believe that. And I'm trying to take my Niners bias out the window here, trying to throw it out the window, looking at the statistics, looking at the numbers, looking at how the Niners have just played this season. It's like, even with all the injuries and outside of the really big blowout losses, the games that were competitive, at least at one point, the Seahawks game earlier was competitive. Both Rams games were really good. The Saints were competitive as well. So is Arizona. The Niners are playing hard, hard football this season, even even with all the injuries and you see that you see a team just kind of come into this kind of game where they know this is really like make or break for them and I wouldn't say that if the Niners lose that all hope is lost it just they have to have a lot of luck go their way but I will say that the Niners and especially Shanahan know that if they lose this game it's going to get tough to make the playoffs and you look at a team with the culture that the Niners have, you look at their culture and you see that these guys are born to win. These guys are born to play their asses off. And I think the Niners, the Niners really represent Kyle Shanahan. Well, a lot of the guys are very fun, very vocal, but they kind of come off as outspoken. They really go out there, step on the field. Don't bitch. Don't complain. They go out and do their job and they get their job done. Even with all these injuries, these guys are executing. It just feels like the Niners' losses have just been kind of fluky here and there. And you can blame quarterback play on that. You can blame turnovers or whatever you guys want to point that out to but the Niners here are playing very good football the statistics show it the gameplay on film shows it when they're not getting their butts kicked and Shanahan just has these guys bought in the entire staff has everyone bought in it seems like everyone is in on it together and now you guys it's just putting it all together so I know I kind of went on a rant here, but I just really want everyone to know that I believe in this Niners team, even with all the injuries, even with the odds stacked against them, this Niners team is formidable. They have taken on all kinds of adversity, and it seems like they're just ready to take on what's next in front of them. After the Bills, they got the Cowboys, they got the Washington football team, then it's back to Arizona and Seattle. So the schedule is kind of middling in terms of difficulty and easiness, but the Niners are just going to have to kick some butt and really just stare adversity down in the face and kick it in the face that's really all it takes you guys but to kind of close out here Niners offense versus Bills defense my three keys to the 49ers offense versus the Bills defense Shanahan needs to find every little hole in the Bills' defense that he can exploit. Whether it's avoiding Tredavious White and attacking the weaker cornerbacks, whether it's going after the safeties, who are really solid than Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, but they're not they're not the best safeties in the league. They're a solid duo, but nothing too spectacular. Can the can Kyle Shanahan really attack the weaknesses on the Bills defense? If he can do that, if he can really key in on one of the weakest spots on that defense, whether it's the secondary, whether it's the linebackers or defensive line. This offense should be able to move the ball well, even if Mullins isn't having himself a nice day. Kyle Shanahan knows that he has Debo Samuel to really expand and extend the ground game in terms of the run game. He knows that he's getting Moster back. He knows that he's got Wilson back. So everything is kind of coming together on offense, even without Garoppolo and George Kittle. It's just a matter of can the offense execute? Can Mullins execute and go out there and just hit the throws he needs to do and let the receivers and tight ends do the work? Just like how it's been kind of throughout Garoppolo and Mullins' tenure with the Niners is that Shanahan likes to get his receivers involved heavily in the ground, on the ground especially. And if he can just or if he can just scheme things open and let those guys do the work for the quarterbacks more or less, it'll be just like the Rams games, just hopefully without, you know, the boneheaded turnovers and the really close call at the very end. But that's my first key, you guys. Shanahan needs to find every little hole. Second key. Ground and pound. Get the run game going up. Set up Mullins. Obviously, if the ground game is moving, we're going to see the Bills stack the box. That's just the bottom line. That's just what teams have done all season, even last year as well. If that's the case, Mullins is going to have to go out and be aggressive and hit Debo Samuel on the slant, on the post, corner, comeback, whatever it may be. Mullins is going to have to put a lot of zip on the ball. And if he can do that, if he can hit those intermediate throws, if he can if he can take defensive linemen, or not defensive linemen, if he can take linebackers and box safeties out of the box, really just expand the secondary for the Bills and make them have to play wide receivers and really have to just step out of the box, it should be a lot of trickery and dog foolery from Shanahan and from Mullins in the ground game. And we know what Mostert offers. We know what Jeff Wilson offers. Those are two of the most dynamic running backs in all of the league, in my opinion. And they're very underrated, very underloved. And that's just kind of how it goes with Shanahanian running backs. 
But again, if they can just ground and pound, run that ball down the Bills' throats, get good offensive line blocking, really hope that it holds up in the ground and in the pass, the Niners' offense should be able to go out and just build up a lot of yards. And even if the Niners aren't getting touchdowns, I think this could be a big Robbie Gold field goal type day. I'm not saying it'll be all field goals, but I think the Niners are going to move the ball. I don't question that they can't move the ball against the Bills' defense. It's just a matter of... Can they do it effectively? Can they do it efficiently? Can they execute? If they can get that done, you guys, like I said, they should be able to move this ball and move this damn ball well. But lastly, this is kind of like my third. I'm kind of like a 1A and 1B or a 3A and 3B on my final key here. I'm stuck between blocking has to hold up and no turnovers. But right now, I think I have to give the edge to blocking. The 49ers offensive line has been one of the worst units in the entire league. We've seen a lot of different formations. We've seen Daniel Brunskill play at center. Ben Garland has played at center. He's been hurt. Grasso has played at center. He's been hurt. Rick Berg sounds like he's not even going to play this season. So it's been a lot of different formations on that offensive line. Obviously, the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have just rolled out Colton McKivitz to play the last game or two, and McKivitz has not played well at all. Mike McGlinchey, we know, has been struggling and has arguably been the worst tackle or at least the worst right tackle in all of football. And I don't know what it is. It looks like Mike McGlinchey has just lost too much weight. He doesn't have a big frame. He's tall, very tall and very lanky for a tackle, but he's not strong. He doesn't have a good base. He doesn't have a good anchor. He keeps his hands low. His pad level is very low. And he doesn't really go out and just stuff linemen. We don't see him do it all that often. We saw him do it better last season, but this season in particular, it's just been brutal, you guys. So it's a matter of can the offensive line block? Simply put, can these guys be hog mollies? Can these guys be nasty and just shut down the Bills' defensive line and block? That's all I'm going to say for the offensive line. It's been atrocious this year. Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson have arguably been the only bright spots on the line. But if the entire unit can just come together, and that's where the cohesivity cohesivity. The cohesiveness hasn't really been on this team as the offensive line, and that's the only spot. If they can communicate, if they can talk, if they can pick up assignments and know what man they're supposed to rotate on, which man they're supposed to pick up on stunt blitzes, whatever it may be that Leslie Frazier, the Bills' defensive coordinator, is calling, if they can pick up those blitzes, if they can just beat their man one-on-one in assignments, Mullins will have the time to throw, and then at that point, it's a matter of can Mullins make the throw? We saw Mullins make those throws against the Rams at the very end of the game last week. Can he do it again? Can he do it consistently for four quarters? Where it's where Mullins really just escapes the game script that Shanahan writes up for him and just makes plays with his feet. And he did that against the Rams, and I couldn't believe he did that somehow. Like on that huge, what was that huge third down conversion? I think it was to Debo on the big slant route on third and six or something like that. If Mullins can just convert and make plays outside the game script, if the offensive line can hold on the blocking, because again, Oliver, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, AJ Klein. Good defensive lineman and the one linebacker, but not great by all means. They're, I feel like Oliver and Hughes, they're very good, but they're more or less at this point names on paper rather than guys who will single-handedly wreck a game like Aaron Donald or like a Jalen Ramsey or even at the time a Bobby Wagner or whoever it may be. I don't think the Bills have anyone like that on defense outside of maybe Tredavious White. So it's a matter of will the offensive line just be aggressive, win their assignments, block hard, block heavy, and just give them give Mullins time to, time to throw or give the ground game time to develop and let Mostert hit a hole for 15, 20 yards or just break one down for 80 yards and there'll be a quick scamper and touchdown running. So a lot of factors come into this, you guys, but just to close out the keys, Shanahan needs to find every little hole on defense, exploit whatever matchup he can, ground and pound, baby. Can Mostert and Wilson go out and just kick some butt? If they can just beat linebackers, beat secondary, and get, get to that second and third level on the ground and just expand the field in the run game, Shanahan and the running backs could combine for over 200 yards, and that's kind of bold, but I think the Niners have the capability to run against one of the worst run defenses in the league. I think they can put up 200-plus yards, but that that's really bold. And then lastly, you guys, the last key, blocking has to hold. I just want to see an average game from Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey doesn't have to be the best tackle in the league, but if he can just hold up, if he can just not get knocked on his ass like he has been every single week, it feels like I think we will see him and the rest of the offensive line just go out and execute. And the same goes for Colton McKivitz. I know he's a rookie, and I know he's kind of getting thrusted into the lineup, so we don't even know if he's going to play in my opinion, but... 
whoever is at, in that right guard, who's ever in that center and right tackle, obviously McGlinchey, if they can just go out there and just execute, prevent any defensive lineman from getting in the backfield quickly, give Mullins time to throw, give time for the running game to develop, this by all means has the time of the Niners just beating the Bills, you guys. So now I'm going to put my bias back into this entire podcast. I think we are going to see a shootout whether it's like the Packers game in the playoffs where the Niners just ran all over the place. And I know the Packers didn't score too much, but I think it could be one of those like, or not not Packers, that's a bad example, I'm sorry. Kind of like the Chiefs game in the Super Bowl where Garoppolo didn't do too much, but Mostert in the ground and Tevin Coleman were just going out there and kicking butt. If the ground game can really go and develop and really just attack that front seven that the Bills have to offer, it'll be a big ground game for the Niners and Mullins game managing. But it's not, that's not to say Mullins won't have to keep up with Josh Allen because this Buffalo offense has all the capability of just exploding. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, uh, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Diggs is great. The others are good. But all in all, they still have the ability to just take the tops off of defenses. And that's just what happens when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen. So it's a matter of can the secondary and can the 49ers defense limit big plays, contain Josh Allen? And can the 49ers offense make plays when they have to just pound the ball down the Bills' throats and really just make a name for themselves, make a statement, and just play bully football? If the Niners can do that, I think they can go on and win this game. And you know what? I will follow Vegas, you guys. I'm not saying bet, but I'm saying that I think something or someone in Vegas knows what's up with this Niners team. I think the 49ers are going to pull it off. I think it's going to be a one-score game. Obviously, predictions change left and right. I actually wrote this in my preview. Check it out at 49ershive.com. We have all sorts of articles, all sorts of videos and content regarding the 49ers. My preview, I had the Niners beating the Bills 34-31. to And I don't know if it's going to necessarily come down to a Robbie Gold field goal. But I will say that I think this will be a one-score tight contest where the Niners are just going to have to play balls to the wall football and the the offense has the capability to score 34 points it's kind of just a matter of can they execute and can they force turnovers and if they can do that the 49ers are going to come out victorious you guys so that about wraps it up for me guys thank you so much for listening this has been a really fun preview I'm not gonna lie you guys the Bills are actually one of my favorite teams to watch in terms of AFC football I think Josh Allen is great I think what Brian Dayball and Sean McDermott are doing for that team is spectacular if I wasn't a Niners fan I'm I'm not going to lie. I think I would really enjoy watching the Bills. But in any event, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. As always, follow me on Twitter, Anthony R.M. Perry. That's Anthony, letters R.M. Perry. Put it all together. Follow the podcast at RGS Pod. Follow 49ers High for Niners news and all types of content from articles to podcasts to YouTube videos at 49ers Hive. And my favorite closing, you guys, as always, Thank you for listening to another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast.